When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Roman League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. In today's episode, I'll look back at that nice road win versus the Patriots up in Foxborough. Team made the plays necessary to come out on top and get back in the win column. At four and five, they are a game out of the final playoff spot. I'll also preview this week's matchup in Seattle. This is a huge game for the Commanders as they look to hopefully manage some playoff tiebreakers. I also hit a little on fantasy football as well. Not to get to, so let's get started. I look at the Patriots game of the year. I obviously to start with quarterback Sam Howell. You know, Sam Howell was fantastic. Um, you know, he's had the one minor, not minor, he had the one big mistake with the interception. But, you know, overall, just looking at Sam's stats, he's second in the league in passing yards. I don't think any, you know, any of the most optimistic commander fans would have predicted that. He's seventh in touchdowns. Um, his stats are all there. He's playing really well. Obviously, a lot of pass attempts is kind of what Eric Bannemi seems to want and predicate his offense on. Um, but, you know, that's kind of way, the way it's going right now. Um, he was very decisive on Sunday. He's getting the ball out quicker. I think the opposite line is really helping him. Um, I think he was sacked three times on Sunday. But, you know, it's still a much, much bigger improvement these last two weeks. Um, and that's really, really gone hand in hand with Sam's, you know, play these last two weeks. So I think he's the best two weeks of football he's had all year um, between Philly and New England. Um, I love that beautiful corner out to uh, Terry. Um, he was getting hit beautiful on the sideline. Great catch by Terry, obviously. Beautiful ball placement. Next play on Terry on the slant on his right um, outside shoulder away from the defender. And Terry was able to run with thinking of you know, 20, 30 yards after the catch. Um, the touchdown pass to Jahan was beautiful. Um, you know, over the middle, only where Jahan can get it. Jahan can get it. It was kind of weird. Terry was in the same spot. I don't know what was happening there where they were all kind of in the same jumbled area. But you know, either way, it was a great touchdown. Jahan obviously showing you know what he was last year and playing well these last few weeks. And, you know, obviously the third and 23 where he had the run, that's just, he's just a gamer right there, man. He was going to get tackled at the 15 yards, make broke tackle, got the other you know, seven, eight yards to get the first down. And uh, it was just phenomenal. It just really, I think that's what really rally, you know, rallies your team behind you and believes in you because you got a guy that you know that can, you know, bring you back in the game and will do anything he can to get the, that extra yard or a first down. Um, obviously, later in that drive, he did throw that horrible interception. I, you know, he's got to throw the ball away. I don't know exactly what he was looking at or doing. Um, you know, he admitted it was a horrible, horrible, horrible mistake, but, you know, he learned from it. Didn't cost him the game. Um, obviously, it would have been looked at differently if it did, but, you know, still, you know, John, I mean, Jesus, Sam's been playing great. His, he was the main difference in the game. Um, if you put Sam Howell on New England, New England probably wins that game. So, you know, Sam Howell's, you know, better than Mac Jones, who was a first-round pick the year before him. Um, and, you know, Sam's definitely looking like the best quarterback in the 2022 draft. I'm taking him over Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy, um, I guess um, Desmond Ritter, um, uh, Malik Willis, all those guys. I went ahead of him. He's better than even Billy Zappi, who was a backer for the Patriots. So, um you know, I think it's great. You know, Sam's young. He's 23. He's only going to get better. Uh, I don't know if you can really say he's the quarterback of the future yet. He's obviously done a lot to trend that way and give you at least hope that it's going that way. As a Washington fan, they should do that. I think it's ridiculous how this fan base is always so decisive. You know, it was over Chase Young. Now it's like, oh, is Sam the guy or not the guy? People were staunch against him. People or you know, you would, would die for Sam Howe based on what you see on social media. And 
you know, as, as a guy that, you know, obviously loves football and, you know, scouted, I, I think that Sam has looked really good. I don't think you can really say after 10 games, he's definitively the long-term franchise quarterback. Um, but you obviously, you also can't say he's not. And I, I'm really, really like, like what I've seen from him. He played a lot like this in North Carolina. Um, he's showing what he can do at this next level with he has weapons. He had that great freshman year in North Carolina. We had his weapons like Diami and Daz Newsom and um, the running backs that were there at the time, Michael Carter, Javante Williams. So, um, you know, it's, he's playing great. And, you know, I, I think for some reason, they, if the bottom falls out and they want to trade up and maybe get like a Caleb Williams or Malik May, uh, maybe excuse me, Marcus May, uh, I don't think you, you know, don't because you have Sam, especially if they fall off. I mean, Sam probably don't play well that second half of the year. Um, but at this point, you build around. You, you give him another year or two, see what happens. I think he's definitely deserved the right to be the starting quarterback next year, even in 10 games. You know, obviously, it's great they don't have to commit to him right now. It's not like a Kirk Cousins situation where they have to decide about franchise and they're signing him long term. You know, Sam still has two years left on his rookie deal. Let's see where he's at in two years if he's still the guy. If they win eight or seven or eight games, maybe nine at the most, you're looking at another middle of the pack first round pick, maybe upper teams. You, you don't trade up or you don't get a quarterback in that scenario. Get an edge rusher, get a get an offensive lineman, um, get a linebacker maybe. But obviously, I think edge and offensive line are the biggest needs for this team right now going into the offseason because I think Sam is going to be you know, the quarterback this year. He's playing really well, and it's really, really good to see and exciting as a Washington fan. I think they should just enjoy it that they finally have a quarterback on their roster that, that can't be the guy because they haven't been able to say that really in my whole lifetime so you know minus Robert's Robert Griffin's rookie year and or I guess you could debate a little about Kirk for a little bit but um you know that's what it's been so maybe Sam could be that guy he's so young he's only gonna get better and hopefully grow with this team Obviously, line was really solid again um the switch and the moves that could have saved this year is Chris Paul left guard and Tyler Larson at center I think Ron's even said it and even other guys in the media um like Ron and John Kyman then just said it's that beef up front's really helped. If that's the case, I don't know why Nate Gates was starting the first half of the year because he was getting pushed around. Tyler Larson, you know, got 30 pounds on him, was able to hold up. Chris Paul, I think, is getting better and better as a you know second-year player, a seventh-round player at that. Um, and they've been really well. Done really well to keep to keep that unit together. Even with Sadiq's healthy, um, I think this is the, the group of five, and hopefully they can roll with it. Um, Terry had some big plays. Obviously, a group, beautiful catch on the sideline, and a beautiful run out of the catch on the slant. Byron Pringle stepped up, and that was a hell of a – Made you when I was watching it live with my fiance when Sam threw it across the field to Pringle. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? But no one was there. You know, it's like Cardinal saying, you know, throw across your body in the middle of the field. But um, you know, it worked out. Pringle had a couple of nice plays. Um, obviously, there's a lot of familiarity with being going back to the Kansas City days. Jahan, like I said, it was a nice touchdown catch. He's getting better and better. I really hope that he's going to continue and build on that and hopefully have that breakout year that everyone thought he had, and myself included. Um, you know, Logan was solid. Diami had a couple of nice catches. He did have the drop um, in the end zone. One thing about Sam is he's going to throw his guy, Diami. Obviously, their friends go back to North Carolina. When Diami's in, I feel like he's targeted more often than not. So um, I thought Crowder played well in the slot, too, as well, in Curtis Samuel's absence. And James Ricardo, I said it last week, is probably the free agent signing of the offseason. Run game was solid. Uh, I think Gibson had his best game overall. I think 11 touches for 70 yards. Um, this is the kind of the mi- you know mix I want to see for him. You know, five or six carries, five or six catches, maybe even a little more because I think he can be more effective in the run game. I'd like to see him get in more of a rhythm. Obviously, they don't run enough to get into a rhythm, but I'm really, really happy to see Gibson have a nice game. You can saw the explosiveness. Run game was solid overall. Brian Robinson had that nice you know, rush touchdown, but the fumble was huge. I think that really was what... Gave New England even a chance because Washington was ten up ten nothing on that um, at that time. You know New England scored in the short field to make it ten seven. 
And obviously they scored in the next drive too, but without that fumble, this game could have been a lot different. Maybe Washington wins by, you know, 10 points or so. So, um, you know, Rob's has to get a hold on to the ball better, but that's usually not a problem for him. It was a good play by the def- defense. But overall, run game was pretty solid. I think at this point, you just they're not going to run it very much. It's not the enemy's enemy, um, you know, strategy is. But at least they still need to do it to at least keep teams honest. Defense was pretty, you know, pretty solid. The pass rush was a little evident, the lack of it at least. Excuse me. Um, you know, obviously, Mac Jones got the ball out quickly. It's kind of what New England does. Um, so maybe that's, you know, maybe not a dickman on the pass rush. But overall, I think they're still missing Chase Montez. I think it's self-explanatory when you lose. Two guys there, Pro Bowl talent. Excuse me. Um, Johnson Williams and Casey Tuhill, um, they did their job. You know, they, they execute their assignments. That's a lot what even some guys in the interior probably allude to. You know, Dario and Ron Rivera as well. Abide had a couple of nice rushes. Um, obviously a horrible, you know, BS penalty on KJ Henry, which should have been his first sack. That's not a pass roughing the pass. I don't know what the hell that was. It could have cost Washington the game. Luckily it didn't, but, you know, that's a horrible call. Obviously, KJ Henry and Andre Jones, those two rookies, are going to get more reps as the um, season you know, progresses. I think the interior just has to step up. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, have to be the lifeblood of that defensive defensive line. That's what it is now. Those guys, this Washington organization front office, pick those guys instead of the edge guys, prove this organization right. I know Deron has one sack. I think Jonathan has like two or three. They have to step up. Maybe it's not always going to be evident in the sack numbers, but they at least have to have an imprint on the game and open up, you know, plays for the edge rushers, you know, James William, Tuhill, Obata, um, like the guys I mentioned prior. Um, Mano Forbes was locked down, man. He played fantastic. Um, I love seeing it. His confidence was there. He played, you know, great kind of show, what everyone, his potential could be and what his, you know, why he was drafted to where he was. Obviously not naive. He's playing against New England receivers that, were below average at best. A lot of them wouldn't even get reps on Washington's offense right now. Um, so I'm not going to completely, you know, poo-poo the guy because he played great. But obviously, let's see what he does these upcoming weeks. Um, obviously, he got Seattle this week and DK and Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, the Giants aren't going to be much of a test for me either. They have horrible receivers. But then you have Dallas, the following week with CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup. But either way, Forbes are not, you know, going to, you know, he did what he was supposed to. If he got beat by these guys, and we'd be talking about it a lot more, but I'm glad to see him, you know, bounce back, play well. Um, and he had also had a great tackle reminder Andre Stevenson later in the game um, on a screenplay that prevented a first down. So I'd like to see that too on top of the coverage skills. Jamin was good. Jamin played well. Um, you know, he's, he's got a lot more responsibilities last couple of weeks with um, Cody Barton now. He's calling plays, has to switch between Mike and Will um, on certain, you know, packages. So, I'm, you know, he's going to maybe make some mistakes just because there's a lot to think about, but either way, he played well. Fuller, of course, was a solid self. I hope Washington brings him back. He's always solid in coverage. He's a sure tackler. St. Joseph made a couple of nice plays. Um, Cam Curl's the beast that he is. Uh, just, you know, an effective player that needs to be paid long term. And uh, obviously, that's a goal. That's why they kept him in the trade deadline. Percy Butler is the one that worries me. Uh, I really think he's last couple weeks starting. He doesn't, I don't know if he's a starting safety in the NFL. I know that's they kind of drafted him in the fourth round with the hopes they may could be one day. But I think they miss. Um, Derek Forrest, hopefully he can, there's a really timetable of what I heard on him, but nice to have him back um, before the end of the year. He took a, you know, it wasn't on him because Stevenson should have been tackled before he got a second level between Jamie Davis and whoever else, but that was a bad angle. He took on Stevenson's um, interception. And just there's some laps and coverage from Butler the last couple weeks. I mean, at this point, I want to see, you know, Quan Martin Moore. He had the nice interception at the end of the game. Obviously, it was more of a Juju Smith-Strucer drop, which he contributed to it, but still a great catch by um, Quan Martin. But Percy Butler's the guy that I'm worried about when it comes to the secondary going forward. But, you know, he's probably the only option right now. Unless they you know, put Quan Martin back there, um, which I don't think they're going to do as of right now. Defense is solid overall, but obviously they were going against a pretty porous offense and a porous quarterback. 
But again, they did what they were supposed to do. Team needed this win. Obviously, they survived. There's a lot of back and forth. But you know, they, even as a fan watching it, I never really – I think any Washington fan can relate to this when they know the lead's too good to be true or they know it's going to slip away. I was pretty comfortable that I feel like even when they were driving at that last drive and playing well, the Washington had this handled. I think they were clearly the best team, and that you know worked down that favor. Um, but, you know, that's just what it is. So I'm glad they played well and secured the win, and obviously they, obviously they were the better team. I'm moving on to the Seattle game. You have Seattle's defense first. They're giving up 354 yards a game. That's 25th in the league. 232 passing yards. That's 20th. 122 rushing yards. That's 21st. And 22 points a game. That's 22nd. The numbers very, you know, are showing above Washington. Seattle defense numbers aren't there. They have a lot of talent, but um, statistically, they've been able to, you know, been exploited. They have Jeremiah Jones, their offseason, you know, big freed and signing. He has 21 tackles, two sacks. Jaron Reed came back for a reunion in Seattle. He has four sacks. Leonard Williams, they traded the deadline, former Giant player, obviously. Um, he has a sack and a half this year um, with the Giants. He's only played one game with Seattle. Off the edge, they have second-rounder boy, Mafe from Minnesota. He's a second-year player. He has six sacks. He's coming on. Uh, um, Brooks, Jordan Brooks, excuse me, 78 tackles, three and a half um, sacks for Seattle. He's a free agent this year. Someone Washington can look at. He's playing really well. Bobby Wagner, who doesn't seem to age, 85 tackles, two sacks. Daryl Ta- Taylor, uh, another former um I think it was second round pick, maybe third round pick out of Tennessee. I think he's in his third year. He has two and a half sacks. And Frank Clark is back there as well, who started his career in Seattle before going to Kansas City. Um, secondary is super talented. Um, yeah, Quinn Witherspoon, 39 tackles, two sacks. Uh, the rookie, excuse me, Devin Witherspoon, my fault. Um, sixth overall pick, I think, last year in Seattle. He's played great. He has two sacks, interception. Um, Tariq Woolen, the steal fifth round pick last year at UTSA, 24 tackles and interception. Trey Brown and Michael Jackson are their other corners around out the nickel and dime packages. Uh, Quandre Diggs, 40 tackles interception. You had Jamal Adams, who's back, 23 tackles in five games. And um, Julian Love, uh, the former New York Giant, he's had a nice year, four, 54 tackles interceptions. They have some talent on that second, that defense, especially in the secondary. They're coming off a bad game. Obviously, Baltimore, Bo Race, and 37-3, they played phenomenal. But they had great young secondary, like I said, I really, really like Witherspoon, Devin Witherspoon, I wish he was able to drop to Washington, but obviously that never was going to happen. And Woolen not having as good as a rookie year when he had, um, I think, five or six interceptions. Uh, but he's not playing as well, but still a really long, talented, speedy corner. Um, I like Mafes coming in the zone and coming off the edge. Leonard Williams, who was card, you know, short up that run game, which is 21st in the league. Wagner's still really good. Jordan Brooks is, still, is a really nice, fast linebacker um, at a Texas Tech, the former first-round pick in 2020. They're giving up a lot of yards, but like I said, they're a talented group. Um, I think at this point, from Washington's perspective, Hal is as crazy as it sounds before the year. He is the shoulder. He's shouldering this team. Like this team needs him to play like he has been to win, and I think he can handle it the way he's been playing. It, a lot of the rest of the season relies on Sam Howe if they want to win and get to the playoffs. I would like to see them run the ball a little more, um, even if it's 15, 20 times. Get Robinson. I think Robinson and Gibson can get going if they just get consistent carries, but it's hard to find a rhythm when you run once every four or five plays. Um, so I'd like to see them get a little more involved, especially against a porous run defense. Um, Terry and Johan have some good, you know, some you know, good matchups coming up. Um, Woolen and Witherspoon, like I said, are good corners. Um, let's see Jahan and Terry in the slot, put them on guys like Trey Brown and Michael Jackson. Um, but again, maybe they're going to travel those two. But I think Terry and Jahan are still, you know, two really, I know Terry's number one receiver. I hope Jahan get there one day. They're going to have to win. They can. And they're still going to make plays even against Seattle secondary. Keep getting Gibson involved. I love his change of place. I love to give him 12 to 15 carries or excuse me, touches a game. I think he's a really, really effective piece for this offense. Take your shots down the field. Uh, Sam has, you know, throws a beautiful deep ball. Let's try to throw some down to Terry or Jahan. 
O-line has to continue with solid play. I think it will. They're playing really, really cohesively and really well as a unit. And I think Washington can put up 24, 28 points in this team. Our moving to Seattle's offense, they're give, they're uh, gaining 311.8 yards a game. That's, you know, 312 is 20th in the league. 214 and a half passing yards a game. That's 19th. 97 rushing yards. That's 23rd. And they're averaging 21.4 points a game. at 17th in the league. Geno Smith is obviously their uh, starting quarterback in the second year starting in Seattle. He had a really good first half of the year last year, kind of tailed off. That's kind of continued the first half of 2023. He has 86.4 passer rating, 1,802 passing yards, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, he's still, you know, a solid quarterback. I think Seattle still needs a long-term answer. I think it's pretty evident, especially over these last nine games. You know, Geno usually takes care of the ball, but he's kind of been, you know, more turnover, uh, turnover perspective, um, um, turnover prone, excuse me. His last couple of weeks, so Washington obviously has to capitalize on that. Kenneth Walker, the former second round pick in Michigan State, he has 532 rushing yards, six touchdowns, 111 yards receiving. The rookie second rounder from UCLA, Zach Charbonnet, he has 170 yards on 32 carries this year. It's a 5.3 yard YPC. Obviously, receivers, you have the freaking nature, DK Matta, 454 yards on 20 catches, 28 catches, two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett has 402 yards on 38 catches, so three touchdowns. The rookie first rounder at Ohio State, Smith and Jigba. 29 catches, 272 yards, and two touchdowns. He's coming on more these last couple weeks. And their other undrafted rookie, uh, Jake Bobo from UCLA, 10 catches, 134 yards, two touchdowns. He actually played really well. Um, he's, he's a nice find for them. And then tight end, you have George Fant and Coley Parkinson Fant has 226 yards on 14 catches. And their offensive line is a, is a semi-solid group, especially when they're healthy, but they're not right now. Charles Cross, a former first-rounder of Mississippi State. Left tackle, Damian Lewis at guard. Evan Brown at center. Phil Ains at right guard. And Stone Forsyth at right tackle. Um, he's only starting due to the injury um, uh, out of second rounder last year. I can't, his name's escaped me. Either way, Seattle's solid off his line when they're healthy. That's not the case right now. That helps Washington's um, chances. Geno's, like I said, can be pushing mis- mistakes, especially over his last couple of we- uh, weeks. He's not what he was at the beginning of last year. Um, he's not really a mobile threat, so hopefully Washington can. Um, I think they need to bring the bit blitz, especially apps in the pass rush without Chase and Montez. I know Del Rio doesn't like to do it, but they have to adjust. They played more man last week. Um, I think they're going to continue to do that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how our, their secondary basically matches up with this good receiver group. Um, it's going to be a really big test after, you know, kind of the poorest receivers that Seattle had last, I mean, New England had last week. Kenneth Walker is a really good running back. He has to be contained. I think he's one of the top five, 10 rushers in this league. I'm really high on him. Um, he continues to get better, but he's kind of been um, down these last couple of weeks. He's coming. He has a little bit of a, yeah, I think it's a leg injury. Um, Matt, DK is obviously a, a hell of a threat. He's 6'4", 240, and runs a 4'3". Again, that's why I said he's a freak of nature. But he can be irritated, and he's already been had multiple um, unnecessary roughness plays at the end of the game. Excuse me, after after plays where he's pushing guys to the ground. So I can I, I could definitely see Emmanuel Forbes uh, getting on his nerves. He likes to talk a little bit. Maybe Forbes can draw a uh, um, a penalty on him, which will help Washington. Um, Lockett's a veteran. He consistently just you know makes plays. He's not really much of a threat after the catch, but he's still solid, really good hands. And then, obviously, Smith and Jig with a rookie. I liked him at Ohio State. He was the first receiver taken last year. Um, but it really hasn't done too much this year. But he's, like I said, come on more of late. And Fan Parkins is a solid tight end deal. They have a solid offensive line, like I said. But Duran and Jonathan need to step up. Their interior line can be um, exploited. And that's where Washington you know, thrives with Duran and Jonathan. Allen, so they can you know, have a good game. I think the defense will hold up and be solid. Like I said, I'm a little worried about um, Seattle's weapons. But I think Forbes is going to continue to have that confidence play well kendall has been really well st Jude's still a little handy for you know my take he's lucky he hasn't been flagged as much as he should have been um but again uh i think they can hold up for the most part 
I think an upset can happen. I think it's brewing. I think Seattle's a little overrated, in my opinion. They did have a win against Cleveland a few weeks ago, but that was without Deshaun Watson and P.J. Walker was playing. Um, but I think this game can be won. Washington needs to win this game if they want to have a chance to the playoffs. Um, I think this team will go in with a lot of confidence in how. I mean, Jonathan Allen even said he can he be the franchise guy for the next five to ten years. Um, I think this team really, really loves that guy and around around him, and I think they think they have a shot. Um, Ron has had a three-game winning streak at each three of his first first three years. This is the fourth year. I think this is the chance to do it now, especially with the Giants next week. Even though the Giants always beats Washington, they're going to be starting Tommy DeVito or Matt Barkley. If Washington wins that game, I, I don't even know what to say. But again, that's for next week. Um, so I think this is a chance for them to get that win. I have Washington winning 24-21. All right, looking at fantasy, you got Kyler Murray back. He's always a nice option, especially with his uh, legs. I think he's owning like 36% of ESPN leagues. Uh, I think some players were already smart and got him, but he's uh, someone that can, you know, to have on your team, especially with guys on bye this week. You have the Ravens running back, Keen Mitchell. He had over 20 points last week, 130 yards rushing. Dude is fast as hell. Um, he played really well. Uh, obviously, there's still kind of a committee there, but he's someone they could probably look forward to get some more carries. They're playing against Cleveland. Then you have Quinn Johnson, the charge receiver. He only had two receptions, but he's the clear number two option with all the injuries that they've had to Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer. Um, they need someone to step up outside of Keenan Allen, and they took Johnson in the first round for a reason. Let's see if he can do that. They're playing Detroit. Then you have Houston receiver Noah Brown, the former Ohio State uh, Buckeye and Dallas Cowboy. He had a great game last week. Um, C.J. Shroud's the real deal. He, he's been amazing, but Noah Brown, 153 yards and a touchdown last week. And Stroud has been looking at him consistently over this you know, first nine weeks of the season. They're home against Cincinnati, and you have Tampa Bay tight end Kate Otten. He had 70 yards and a touchdown last week. Um, the tight end you know, pool is obviously kind of sparse um, in fantasy, but you know, he's an option. They're playing at, ten- excuse me, home against Tennessee. Well, that concludes our round league episode. The Commanders are coming off a nice road win and looking to build momentum. They have a long road trip this week with a chance to get a critical tiebreaker over Seattle in the wild card race. I'll be back next, back next week looking back at the Seahawks game and previewing the Week 11 matchup home against the Giants. You can follow me on Twitter slash X at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.